Hey guys, hopefully this sounds alright. Welcome back. Kind of in a weird makeshift version of a recording studio. Because I'm on vacation. Visiting my parents out here in Lebanon. But the episode's coming out, episode 8. It's special, guys. It's our first ever giveaway. Check out the game show of the week to find out who won. Root and the Riverfolk expansion. It was so nerve-wracking. Oh, my goodness. I've never felt that much pressure for something that pointless. <laughs> anyway, don't forget to check out our sister podcast, Story Smith's Podcast. It's a podcast where a bunch of us come up with a fantastical world using the feedback of our listeners, the tale weavers. And based on what they love and what they like, we adapt the story and change it as it goes along. Check it out www.storysmithspodcast.com For all you who entered the contest, I know you can't wait anymore, so I'm not going to delay it any further. Check it out. Episode 8, Tabletop Session. Here we go. No, no. Alright. I'm going to trade you two sheep for that wood. Tell me, honey, does that sound good? All I really want to do is take away longest road from you, yeah. Welcome to these tabletop sessions. Welcome to the welcome to the welcome to these tabletop sessions. Hello, fellow gregarious geeks and gamers. Welcome to the eighth episode of the Tabletop Sessions podcast where we talk about all things tabletop related that have been occupying the hearts and minds of this international group of gamers over the course of the last three weeks. My name is Elias, and with me this week are three people who are very disappointed not to have been allowed to enter our giveaway. Dima here. Hey, y'all. Hello to our Irish friends. Oipul here. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I'm oh, yeah. Byron. Oh my god! And I'm gonna I, when he wrote yeah, that intro. Job, it, when he wrote that introduction, I didn't think he would actually do it in an Irish accent. Man, I've got so even many italics. That is not an YouTube Irish accent. videos from uh, oh. real Irish people, Irish people. Oh boy! It's well, we used one. to have listeners in Ireland, and now they're gone. <laughs> Thank you, sirs, for your service, guys. Good news. It's the giveaway episode. During the game show of the week, we picked three names out of all you wonderful people that submitted. And Byron will be representing one, Ipo will be representing one, and I will be representing one in a special game show of the week that Dima has prepared for us. And we're going to compete for your victory. Whoever wins, the person they represent, gets a copy of Root and the River Folk Expansion. No pressure, guys. <laughs> oh man! Oh. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I don't know why. Before we get all excited about a fantastic giveaway, let's talk about the BGG Golden Geek Awards. Woo-hoo! I mean, that's kind of related excited. to our giveaway because Root won everything, basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Out of like all the categories, it was the mind in Root. It won four categories. <laughs> Board Game of the Year, Root. Artwork and Presentation, Root. Uh, innovative, Root. And I, I don't know about root. innovative. 
Why not innovate? Because it's the same setup as. Uh, yeah, it's asymmetrical. As, um, like, yeah. What's that? Vast. Vast. Thank you. Honestly, yeah. I think we should keep a copy and play it. Our fans deserve to know <laughs> our opinion on this game. Guys, <laughs> yeah, the contest has been canceled. No. <laughs> but you know what? Cole Worley's a fantastic designer, and I've oh, I've been a fan of his games for a while now. And I'm super happy that he's finally getting the recognition he deserves. Yes. Yeah. Um, artwork, you know, hats off to uh, to the to Kyle Farron, the artist. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. And definitely, I could see, you know, um, what else did it win? Thematic. I could see that. I could see board game of the year for sure. I just I might disagree with innovative, but you know. That's just one. Maybe, maybe you have to play it and then we'll decide. Board game of the year runners-up are Brass, which is not really a new game. And Architects, which uh, we haven't played. but uh, <laughs> It's not Brass. It's Brass Birmingham. It. It's the new version. I played a game okay. by Shane Phillips. So I'm hoping Architects is, uh, is better than the one I played. I played Explorers of the Sea, something like that. North Sea. Explorers of the North Sea. Yes. But um, it has a cool thing in Architects where it's like worker placement, but um, your workers don't come back to you, but they keep gathering stuff for you. So um, at some point, your opponents will basically send someone to arrest them, and that's when they go off the board. But So basically, your opponent dictates when those workers are coming back off the board. So it, it, it seems clever. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not huge into pretty basic games like that, but... Anything else you want to mention? Also, I was happy because Everdell, that uh, we talked in the previous episode, how beautiful it is. It, it was a runner-up in artwork. Yeah, we, we didn't talk about Everdell in the last the last episode. We talked about it on oh, game night. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe I was in a different podcast. Maybe. Is Scythe <laughs> the expansion? Yeah, the expansion side, the Rise of Fenris, which yeah. I think is like a campaign mode. Mm-hmm. Would love to try that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Hey, look, the mind. Uh, yeah, shouldn't we talk about the mind that also won yeah. everything? Yeah, the mm-hmm. mind won card game and cooperative game, which is very cool. The mind yeah. beat detective in <laughs> a co-op, game. <laughs> even though you're not supposed to speak to each other or communicate <laughs> in any way. Well, form. I agree with that. Wow, that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So many people that don't want to talk to each other. <laughs> Gunshot Clever, best solo game and best board game app. Um, we're big fans of that. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, Hannibal and Hamilcar. Ipo, we played yes. that. That one, best war game. Yeah, we, that, we enjoyed it. Yes. I think very, we had a problem with much. the rule book. It was too clunky. But um, but the, mechan- the mechanics were uh, great. You guys finished the game? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. took a couple sessions because we, we, we really had a hard time understanding. The, the rule book wasn't the most intuitive to, to mm-hmm. go back to. It's a really good design. Yeah, the game is quite brilliant. And I, I've seen uh, uh, the crypto runner up as party game. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, only lost to the mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I missed that. The mind bond party. Game. And I have seen welcome to somewhere. You know, this is yeah, kind of like... Yeah, there it is, under solo game. What? Under, so, gu- under the Gunshot oh, Club. solo game? Really? Under Gunshot Never Clever. played Welcome to Solo. Okay. What I'm quite right. disappointed is how Rising Sun came second in thematic. I mean, I know the route's beautiful, but... Yeah. But beauty Rising has Sun. nothing to do with thematic. Yeah. But to be fair, we recently played Rising Sun. Yeah. And 
I think it's very thematic. I think it's it's yeah, wonderful. Me too. Yeah. So now what's left is just to I, play roots. I don't know what, <laughs> wait, I don't know what thematic So you means. keep saying. What does thematic mean? I mean how root is thematic? To feel like you're a part of the story of the game. Like you're you're living it. Like we were living War of uh, the yeah. Ring, that kind of I think I think what helps root is the fact that each faction is so different. So mm -hmm. naturally they're going to play thematically. Yeah. Because they're different as per who they are, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, the, the, the birds can fly. Exactly. Well, not just that, <laughs> but like the, uh, you know, the cats are assholes. So that makes yeah. thematic sense. The, <laughs> the raccoon is like, is like a cat because cats are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer, anyway, we love cats. I also wanted to say congratulations to Ludology for winning best podcast and Heavy Cardboard and Blue Peg Pink Peg for coming in second and third. Good job. We listened to all three of those podcasts in this group. Yeah. It's cool to see Quacks of Quedlinburg win Family Game. Welcome to Runner Up. Oh my goodness. In Family Game of the Year, Wolfgang Vorsch has the first and third positions. Wow. Yeah, we need wow. to meet that guy. Seriously. Yeah, we really need to meet that guy. <laughs> so this guy is the designer of Gunshot Clever. That, uh, the English uh, title is uh, what? That's pretty clever. <laughs> That's pretty clever. Unlike you. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the uh, good words. Uh, so this is uh, the game we played uh, last uh, uh, game night. And after that, everybody's playing it solo. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, we can't stop playing it. Yeah, right? you guys yeah. are like competing for the best score and you keep sending us pictures on our WhatsApp group yeah. of your scores. Okay, for the people out there, this is a roll and play, roll and write game. Where you, if you have ever played Yachtse in your life, you know what I that means. I think he means Yachtse. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We call it Yam. <laughs> in Greek, we call it Yam. Yachtse. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like German or something. Uh, so you, you're you sure all... sure it wasn't Irish? You're, <laughs> <laughs> Oilish. Oh, boy. So you, you roll five dice. Uh, it's uh, die has a different color. And you write the outcome uh, six in a piece of paper and you're six? Yeah, it's the white dice. Okay, well, <laughs> let's count the white dice. <laughs> it's kind of the most important die, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the wild one. Okay, so the, the thing is, okay, you're writing the outcome on your piece of paper and in the end you're scoring five different categories and cross-scoring uh, uh, between these five categories. But the important part is that you're trying to make a high score. That, that's that's the, the whole mm -hmm. idea of playing solo. So if you have like, uh, I would say, four minutes free, you can play a game. <laughs> you wow. can play a game. Yeah. I play it on, on the elevator ride from the ground floor to my office. So it's less than four minutes. So it could be about, yeah, less than four so minutes. So how would you compare playing it like in person with three other players to playing it solo like the great game uh, the great the mechanism that uh, made the difference for me in this game was that during uh, other people's turns mm -hmm. uh, you can write one of their dice in your uh, uh, paper oh. so that's the whole interaction that's that's mm -hmm. usually the problem between roll and write games mm -hmm. that there is no interaction mm -hmm. so in this game you need to uh, watch what the other people are doing so you can use one of their... Uh, and, and not just one of their dice, but one of the dice that they didn't select. 
So something you can do in a game if you feel like, well, once we get to advanced levels, yeah, <laughs> you feel like you feel like somebody's gonna get a lot of points from something. You can okay. use a di the dice that they would like, and then they don't get access to it because you roll six dice, but you only use three. I see. So the three that you don't roll, don't use those dice are the ones they can select from. Okay. So basically, you can block someone from maybe completing a row or getting a fox head or something like that. Nice. Okay. Not that not any of us have ever done that. We're, so we're all just trying to get high scores. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to say, that I was not excited with this game. I felt it was a good game, good roll and write. So the next day, I just searched the internet and I found the page where you can play solo in your laptop. I started playing and I couldn't stop. <laughs> I mean, uh, I did like... I broke my record uh, three times. I did 272, <laughs> then I did 273. I couldn't do better. Then I went to uh, BGG and I copy pasted their uh, <laughs> the best strategy, as it turns out. And I have oh, a yeah, and I that's, have a 308. That's whoa. whoa. Thing is, he's broken 300, which is impressive. Yeah. But he did read a strategy thread exactly. to do that. I've not yet so done that. Kind of cheated. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm calling it cheating, it like Byron says. So, yeah, <laughs> but the thing is that it feels like random now. You just need to roll better. Well, I, maybe for you because you read the strategy thread. For me, I'm still trying to figure out the exactly. Best way to yeah, win. please don't uh, spoiler, uh, <laughs> don't spoil this game. Yeah, don't don't read the BTG strategy. It it kind of ruined the game for me. Honestly, when I saw the game, Elias tried to play it to to convince me to play it with him two weekends ago, and when I looked at it, I didn't really. feel feel like I wanted to play it because it's like a piece of paper that you have to fill up. But ever since you guys played it, everyone's been raving about it in the group <laughs> and posting their scores. And now I have to play it. So, By yeah. the way, it's a beautiful piece of paper. I mean, the graphic design is uh, it's gr is great. I, uh, I, I don't feel, know about I beautiful. I, I, li no. I liked it because it, no, it, it's so... The graphic design. It's clever. It's, 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 it's clever. It's clear. Yes. But it's not beautiful. And it seems yes. as addictive as the mind yes, or even was... more, I would say. Yeah, more because you can play it by yourself. Yeah. And there's an app, which like... is quite cheap. So mm -hmm. I've just been playing on the app nonstop. How much is the yeah. app now? Three, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not much. like five bucks, three oh, yeah. bucks, something like that. Okay. It's something ridiculously cheap. Like this game is easily worth, I'd pay $10 to have it on my phone because I play yeah. this more than any other game on my phone. Exactly, yes. But I think it's less. I think it's like two ninety nine or something like that. So. Byron, are you playing this on the phone? I paid 48 rand, so I think that's what, 12, 12 reels? So that's like $3. Yeah. yeah. You've been enjoying it, yeah? Oh, I love it. It's so addictive. I've been trying to get people to play it, but it just took forever because no one ever wants to play it when I bring it out. So... I'm just glad you all finally know how amazing just it is because so I've been playing it on my phone for like, I, I, I don't think I've ever, <laughs> I don't think total I've played as much as Ipo has played, but he did it in like two days. I played 42 times. Oh my God. No, I haven't, I haven't done that. <laughs> I play like once a day sometimes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I do about 10 a day. Oh, Whoa. Whoa. God damn. Wow, that, Byron. That's the way to go, Byron. Damn. Oh. But I'm not good. I'm going to get better. <laughs> Maybe you should cheat like Ipo and then lose interest <laughs> in the game. <laughs> okay, guys. Okay. So that was Gunson Clever from Smithspiel. So I played the runner-up of the Golden Geek for Best Thematic Game, which is Riding, Rising Sun. Actually, Ipo, Elias, and I played it last weekend. The publisher is Simon Games, designer Eric Lang. 
Art by Adrian Smith and Edgar Skomorowski. So basically, the theme of the game is that we're all Japanese clans fighting for power, honor. It's an area control game. And you can call on to the kami. Like you can worship the, the gods called kami in the game. And um, basically, by worshiping them, you can bring more creatures on the board. Um and put more of your pieces you have you can get more honor points etc so basically the game is three rounds three seasons and i found it pretty cutthroat so basically at the beginning of every round you see the sequence of the battles that are going to happen um per area so there are seven or eight areas there are eight areas but (laughs) battle happens in seven of them so you draw which seven areas are going to battle and you can see the sequence that's going to happen at the end of that round. So you can prepare for the different sequence of battles. Um, the thing is, is that after each battle, when you lose, it's harsh. Like all your pieces are removed from the board. Like one of the clans remains, which I found pretty rough, especially if you lose multiple battles. Unless you're in an alliance, then you and your alliance can stay. Yeah. Also, the alliance, I, the alliances I felt were unfair if you're an odd number i really feel like <laughs> it's it's crappy for like you you can only align two people at a time why don't we ask Ipo how it felt because okay. we played a five-player game okay. and i believe you were alone for two of those three uh, <laughs> first of all i i i couldn't agree less about the harshness of the uh, fight because really yes because you always get some points you get uh, money you get so many things by losing like you, like 90% <laughs> of the time they're not actually killing your pieces you're just committing seppuku to get points Ipo yeah. was really so, good at that Ipo yeah but, but, seppuku, like, I'm very good in killing my and, and, and when you get battle, points back it's great lose. because then you can place them in different areas when you get guys back I'm very, like yeah. I, I ended up in the end I, I didn't have any people to put on the board yeah like yeah. I, I was hoping people would kill some of my pieces. Mm-hmm. So. I'm very okay. good at hurting myself in general. <laughs> so, you're, yeah, you're committing suicide, you you get coins, you uh, at least you can do something. I mean, there are five phases in the combat, and if you win just one of them, you you gain something. True. The The combat phase is very special. I've never seen anything like that, and I it took it. a while it's for me best. to I catch on to Yeah, I love that it's basically a blind auction. And what's mm-hmm. more is it doesn't matter how much money. I mean, obviously it matters how much money you have. But if you have multiple battles, you could spend a bunch of your money and end up with more money at the end of it. Yeah. Because when someone wins an auction, they give the other players the money that, that mm-hmm. was spent. Exactly. So I really like that. I really like the Ronin system, getting the Ronins to add here and there. They were so powerful. They were super powerful. But at the same time, I was super powerful on Ronins and I didn't win the game. Yeah. And sure. I won all my battles but one. So yeah. the game is not just about battles. Whereas yeah. Ipo came ahead of me and he won very few battles compared to me. Mostly what he won was he did really well with seppuku and he did really well with winning that last category, which I never won, which I should have, which is the poets category. Exactly. Where you get points equal to the number of people that had died. Because art matters. <laughs> <laughs> I really I really enjoyed that part of the game. Um, as an area control game for five players... I did feel like it was a little long. Like yeah. I felt, I felt like um, the comparison naturally falls to Blood Rage, although I find them very different. Mm-hmm. But if you put those two in front of me, I'd rather play Blood Rage for the simple reason that I get as much satisfaction yeah. 
in an hour to an hour and a half. Because we played five yeah. players in four hours and four a half. Four hours, yes. Yeah. yeah. But with long. teaching. But that being said, if someone said you want to play Rising Sun, I'd definitely be in. Mm-hmm. It's one of those games like Blood Rage, like Kemet, like um, th- those kinds of area control games where it doesn't feel too painful when you lose a battle mm-hmm. and you never really get butt hurt about anything. Well, I guess you can, but um, I had a great time. There's betrayals, there's fun, there's backstabbing, and you know, but none of it feels too serious. And when you're bringing creatures, the thing that Dima said before, when you're bringing creatures, okay, you're bringing a miniature that is like three times the size of a soldier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. That was uh, thematic. I think- also, <laughs> I didn't mention the art in the game, but it is gorgeous. Beautiful. Like the colors, the pieces and it was it, it runner up for uh yeah we, yeah. we just yeah for, no i mean for uh art it was runner up oh for art. I it was not no no it didn't, well, it didn't it show up place. no no it was it ever there oh that's weird root one, yeah that's so strange because for art really... it was root everdell and then brass birmingham i wouldn't yeah why don't did you play this i did not play it i traded my copy away Oh, yeah. I remember trying to find that guy at Essen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit disappointed that I didn't get to play it, but yeah. I got money and that's much better. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't think like... Most of the times. I don't think it's anything to really be sad about. I think it's a good game. I think it's a lot of fun. If you get a chance to play it, you should. Mm-hmm. But it's not something I feel I need to add to my collection. If, yeah, if there's any too. that I feel like I should add, is it's Blood Rage because it'll take up a category. Like if I don't have the time to play a proper war game, I'll play Blood yeah. Rage, right? Yeah. I agree. But if I have four hours, honestly, I'd rather play Cuba Libre. That's my honest yes. opinion, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but great game, gorgeous. Really glad we got to play it, and I totally played it. Byron, do you have other area control games? I'll pro- I'll probably look at Blood Rage or Scythe. <laughs> Maybe you should do a top three area control games. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I love that we have to tell him that that's a possibility, but coming up with top three games for life sentence prisoners just rolls off his tongue. <laughs> <laughs> but top three area control is like, wow, how'd you come up with that? <laughs> the best idea ever. <laughs> so that was Rising Sun from Simon Games and Eric Lang. Woohoo. So following on with spiritual successor games, uh, Right now on Kickstart, Northstar Games has Ocean's campaign just started. It is the follow-on from Evolution. Oh, it is a, I love Evolution. Oh. It is a standalone game. Um, mm. You start in the ocean as plankton and you eventually evolve your <laughs> fish into other killers or not killers, I guess, and have fun doing that. Yeah. It reminds me a lot about uh, Dominant Species. No um, way. <laughs> No, if you read the descriptions, um, how they say that some some events will impact on your populations and that will impact on your species traits, uh, I think it it might be very similar. Well, it has the same. Yeah, well, like sorry, Dominant Species is like evolution. a three-hour heavy <laughs> Euro yeah. game. This is yeah. This is a light game. Like you play this with your kids. Like it's uh, just so it's clear. It is beautiful, but I can see where you come from thematically. Also, mm. I, you should know that the new version of Dominant Species coming out is Marine Life. Oh, so you're oh. even, you're even more similar than you thought. <laughs> oh. uh, I like Evolution a lot too. I downloaded the app recently and I've just been jamming on it. Uh, really? Really? Yeah, it's the reason I've not been playing Guns Sean Clever. 
Can we play turn-based? Seriously, didn't even invite us to play. Well, you yeah, have to. Be, it's so free, rude. but to play multiplayer, you'd have to buy it. Oh, okay. Can, can I mean, turn-based uh, yeah, evolution. We all have jobs. Uh, I believe so. Yes. Yes, but you'd have to pay for that. Okay. Yeah. It's free to play yourself, but to play. Invite someone oh, okay, to a game. Yeah. So if you get it, totally. And Ricardo yeah. has it as well. We yeah, can so totally cool. play. Totally. Byron, if you get it, we could totally play. I yeah. remember I remember. it's a game I wanted to add to my collection. I was trying to make a trade for it a while ago. And it fell through because the guy just fell off the face of the earth. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, like it's pretty light game, but it's fun. And there's a nice little, like, there's a nice little thing about thinking sequentially. Like, all right, I can make this guy bigger. Because he will eat first, but then he can also share with the person to his right. Yeah. So then I can feed them before they get attacked by or something like that. I really so, like the interaction yeah. in the game. Yeah. And you like you follow other people's evolution process and you For try sure. to like I think the carnivore adds a nice element to it. Like without the yeah. carnivore element it wouldn't yes. be as and yes. it's pretty yeah. simple. Mm. Like I, I like that. And I love the artwork. Gorgeous artwork. Um North Star game makes beautiful stuff, man. Um but for sure, this is something to look at. They have a good track record. But you are starting as Plankton, right? So <laughs> having uh, watched so many episodes of Bob Squarepants, I wouldn't like to evolve from Plankton. I would stay there. I mean, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> for, for SpongeBob fans, there you go. <laughs> well, that happened. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, you should have just under two weeks to back this. So, get on it. Get Jump on, on it. it. <laughs> Oceans. Guys. Yes. Speaking of this Golden Geek Awards, Root with its pathetic four, <laughs> four wins. So pathetic. I've been playing Gloomhaven, which won six Golden Geek Awards last year. Wow. Wow. I'm going to be it. honest with you. So it's the Titanic of board games. Kind of. It literally weighs the same as the Titanic. Damn. Like Sergio El Matador brought it from Germany and he carried that thing the whole way. And now his biceps are bigger. Like <laughs> It took up a whole cupboard. It took up a whole cupboard just for gloom. But here's the, let me tell you guys about it. So we've played, we're about four games into the campaign. I'm going to start by qualifying this because this is the number one game of, of all time on Board Game Geek. So I think we need to pay some respect in how we approach this. No spoilers, no right? No spoilers. And what I say is in no way going to encompass everything. This is the miniest of mini reviews for one of the largest games you could play. Mm -hmm. It's from Cephalofair Games, designed by Isaac Childress. I was very skeptical on this game. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of dungeon crawls. I'm not a fan of any game where you go in a dungeon and you fight some stuff and I don't know what. Uh, so I was very doubtful on it. But when my friend um, told me, you interested in going 50-50 on this and we play the campaign, I said, absolutely. More for him than anything. And now, four games in, I'm like pulling my hair out to get to the next yeah. game. <laughs> and he's a lot more patient than I am. So we started the campaign. There's no spoilers, but I'm playing a Craig Hart and he's playing um, a Vermling Mind Thief, which means I'm a huge guy made of stone and he's like a tiny little mouse. We're basically Groot and Rocket Raccoon. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let's start with that. So th the way the game works is it's all about card play. There's no dice in the game. When combat starts, you decide which two cards you'd like to play. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You, you're going to use the top effect of one of them. Every card has a top and a bottom effect. Okay. You can use the top effect of one and the bottom effect of the other. Mm-hmm. They also have a number on it, and you're going to select which of those is going to be your initiative. How fast do you want to go? Okay. Accordingly, you pull out a card for each class of enemy that you're fighting. Okay. And it's going to tell you how they're going to behave this turn. Mm-hmm. Are they going to heal up? Are they going to hide and secure? Are they going to attack? Are they going to okay. move? Are they going to uh, try to curse? It's the AI. Of- it's the AI of the game. And it also has their yeah. initiative. So then you see their initiative and now you know the order. Okay, I'm going, then the skeleton guy's going, then mm-hmm. this undead guy's going, then you're going, and then the boss is going. Okay. Um, bosses also have special abilities which mm-hmm. fall outside the scope of just moving, attacking, cursing, healing. Um, but then even then, even after that point, even after you've already committed your cards, you can still choose which card you're using as the top effect and which is the bottom effect. Yeah. So you're committing to a certain extent before the cards are revealed. Mm-hmm. But even after the cards are revealed, you still have a little bit of Leeway. wiggle room to get out of the situation because you can also use the top and bottom cards for moving and attacking blank, like plain, no special effects, anything like that. I'm not going to cool. get too much into the details, but basically I'm loving it because after the first couple games, you know, we were super down on life. We almost died a couple times. We almost ran out of health points. Um, so for the third game, we like jacked up our health. Well, you can't jack up your health points, but we took buffs that would help us with health points and so on. And we went into battle and these guys never came close to taking down our health points, but we still almost lost from exhaustion. We still almost mm. went through our entire deck and got rid of all the cards. And that at that point, I was like, all right, now this game has thematically, because I'm not going to tell you the story, mm-hmm. but thematically it has changed the way I approach the gameplay. And that got me very excited. Nice. At this point, I'm leveled up. Um, he is not, but he's about to. He's very mm-hmm. close. We're almost about to level up the prosperity of all of Gloomhaven, which is very important. It attracts a different thing of people. The game is super thematic because depending on if, let's say, Gloomhaven is doing very prosperous or your party has a high reputation, you're going to attract a different kind of hero, which is a new box you get to unlock. So that Mm. maybe that's an honorable race. I don't know because it doesn't tell me. It just shows me a symbol. But if your reputation is scummy and you have really low reputation, you get another kind. Maybe he's trash. You know, maybe he's a scumbag or whatever it is. This is what the game is making me do. It's making me imagine these possibilities. And I am not that kind of player. I'm a very strategic player. Yeah. But the fact that there's no dice, the fact that they give you wiggle room even after the luck factor, in quotation marks, of revealing the AI Mm -hmm. gives you a little bit of wiggle room, keeps me coming back. And where I'm really into it that I didn't think I would be is the little story elements, the road events, the city events, um, the actual campaign the things that happen when it says, okay, when you open door A, read this passage, are really keeping me engaged thematically. Yeah. Plus the fact that the gameplay is so thematic and you feel it when you're playing, you feel thematically, this kind of villain is different from this kind of villain. What what I liked is, because I wanted to jump in on the game at some point, and um, I want you to talk a bit about that, if the possibility of it. But I like that you could fill me in on the story and it really felt like a story an adventure absolutely it it felt like you can jump in she can because as we level up the city the prosperity Mm -hmm. of the city let's say i get the prosperity now to level two all right if she jumps in her character will start at level two so 
um, basically, when you come in, you're not going to be so far behind everybody else. Is that a sparkle in your eye, Ipo? Yes. <laughs> How many hours have you played this game so far? Oof, I mean, in four games, I'd say an average of two hours a game plus longer for the first couple of games. So I'd say we're all over 10 hours so, so it's, far. It's a long, long game to, to finish. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think per campaign, you're looking at an hour and a half is, is pretty good. So per, Not per campaign, sorry, per level what i have not understand about this game uh, is is it a um, co-op game yes because at some point but it's a co-op game in the way that mage knight's a co-op game like i cannot tell him what to do so i can look at my cards i can't say look i'm playing this card which gives me a plus two strength and then i'm that's not a thing in the game by the way but i'm doing this and i'm doing that but what you can say is look man i'm gonna go fast I'm going to try to punch this guy in the face because that's the kind of thing you could say to each other in a combat situation. But you can't tell the exact details. And you can't influence the other. And, like, and you, you can't, can't force you would never player. be able to because yeah. there's too much to consider. So uh, you could say, for example, hey man, do you need me to boost? Do you need me to give you some health? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, the guy I'm playing with, his character is very much, um, he's very much like, He controls other characters. He can turn himself invisible. None of these are spoilers. And basically, um, he plays a very different game than I play, which is very much bringing down rocks from the walls and causing earthquakes and stuff like that. Okay. So we're having a good time. Yeah. So far, I'm not bored. I think the key to whether this game is going to be one of my favorite games of all time, which is that high, that's what I'm saying, is by the time I'm ready to retire this character... Am I still having fun? One. Because mm -hmm. you, you, I didn't say, but you have a goal for this character. And once you mm -hmm. achieve that goal, which is secret, you retire the character. Mm -hmm. And you unlock something. Mm -hmm. By the time I'm ready to retire this character, am I still having fun? And am I excited to try a new character? Am I excited to start from scratch with another character? Because if the answer to both of these is yes, then this game might be a 10 out of 10 or as wow. close to a 10 out of 10 as I've ever seen. Whoa. If the answer is no, and by the time I get to campaign mission number 14 or 15, I'm like, you know what? I played through this guy. I had a great time, but I'm not willing to keep going. Then we can drop a few points off of it, maybe seven and or eight. FYI, right? for some perspective, Elias's number one game of all time is GMT, Virgin Queen, like yes. heavy strategy. Yes. Not I at don't all. Like, I hate co-ops. Yeah. I hate... Dungeon Delvers. Mm -hmm. Theme does nothing for me. And um, I really hate legacy games. I gave Pandemic Legacy a 4 out of 10. You are a machine. Even though, <laughs> even though I like Pandemic a lot more because I just felt like I was doing the same thing over and over again. And I really felt like Gloomhaven would fall into the same trap. The thing is, I felt But like... But so far, I'm digging on it, guys. Yeah, I felt like it had a lot to do with the storyline. Like when you were telling me the story... I felt like I was watching yes, an adventure but I was or a telling series you the story, or American Gods. Or but I was telling you the really story, felt... it's not like it read out the story. A lot of those story elements come from how you play. Yeah. And that's what's so cool about that's it. Awesome. Is that basically... the? So if I played, it would be a different story? Yeah. I feel like it would, right? Yeah. Depending on what you do, depending on what your goal for that battle is or your overall goal, you would behave differently and it would come through in the way that you play. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. So far, I'm really digging on it. Really, only time will tell, and I will report back on it because yeah, I intend to, to keep playing. I'm even playing tomorrow, actually. Um, but as far as I can tell, this might be one of the best games I've ever played. And 
even if after 14, 15 games, I get a bit tired of it, I would still rate it highly for a game that got me to play it 14, 15 times in a year. It wouldn't be a 10 anymore, but it would certainly get a good solid rating. So I'll report back once I get further into the campaign. But till now, against all odds and against my intention of disliking it, which I always like to be contrarian. So number one game means I don't like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm digging it. I'm into it. Awesome. And I'm having a great time with Sergio El Matador. And, uh, so you found your cool. heaven in a gloom heaven. Oh my God. <laughs> That's a great finish. <laughs> that was Gloomhaven from Cephala Fair Games and Isaac and Childress. Now it's time for the game show of the week. The giveaway of the week. <laughs> She's a game quizzer, yeah. Board game trivia, yeah. It took me so long to find out I was wrong. So, welcome to Board Game Trivia. This week, it's going to be a little different, as Elias said in the beginning of the episode. Each one of you guys is representing one of our participants in the Root competition. Hi, my name is Elias, and I will be representing Board Painter. And I am Byron, and I will be representing Board Game Guru 77. And I'm Ippo, and I will be representing the Lucky Unlucky Board Game Banquet. Banquet. Really? Yeah. Banquet. Board game banquet. <laughs> guys, these are, the, guy. these are the three names we pulled out of a completely random list. We took a video to make sure you all know that it's completely random. We pulled these three names out of the list, and these are the ones we'll be representing. So I tried to make this week's game of the week um, as fair as possible. So basically, it's board game trivia. Uh, I'm going to ask each of you three multiple choice questions and each one is worth one point. At the end, if there's a tie, I'm going to ask you an open-ended question and the answer to this question is a number. You're each going to write down a number. The one closest to will win. Okay, that's the fairest tiebreaker I could give you. Fantastic. So let's start with the trivia question. I would just like to reiterate that the winner of this We'll be getting a copy of Root and the Riverfolk expansion. Woohoo! Best game ever! The ones that don't win, you still, we're not going to leave you empty-handed. You're still going to get something. I'll get in touch with you. You're probably going to get like a Tabletop Sessions t-shirt, maybe a print-and-play game or something I can buy for you um, because you guys still got picked. You're just not going to get the big bad prize. But um, good luck to both of you. I'm going to represent my guy. Let's go Board Painter! <laughs> okay, guys, who wants to go first? Oh, the board me. game banquet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ipo, let's start. So, okay, I looked at the 2017 Dice Tower Awards, okay? Sorry, board game banquet. <laughs> and for this question, which one of these three games won best two-player game in the 2017 Dice Tower Awards? Okay. Okay. One Santorini, two Codenames Duet, three Fox in the Forest. 
Okay, there's no way it's fox in the forest. Uh, both Santorini and Codenames Dread could have won. Oh, are these 2017 games? I don't know. Uh, Santorini. Yes! <laughs> Good job! Well done! Board game banquet is celebrating! Damn! Yeah, okay, yeah, so I guess so you're continuing from last week. So stressful. <laughs> so okay. Stressful. So, Elias, you're up next. Which one of these games won best game from a small publisher in the 2017 Dice Tower Awards? Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Century Spice Road. Gloomhaven, Sagrada. What? <laughs> so, best game from a small publisher, 2017 Dice Tower Awards. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> which, which one was the first? It can't be Century, Century Spice, Road, Spice Road. Because they're owned by Asmodee. <laughs> Sagrada. Sagrada? I, who publishes Sagrada? Gloomhaven is Cephalofair, which before Gloomhaven, they had one game, King's Forge. Oh man. Gloomhaven. No. No! Sagrada. And uh, no, it's Century Spice. That's Road. that's that's wrong. <laughs> it was a it was a runner up. Sorry, but Century Spice Road is Plan B, which is owned by Asmodee. Maybe uh, maybe it wasn't owned by Asmodee yet in 2017 oh, yes. I mean it was but okay. and <laughs> Gloomhaven won best new designer though just oh. FYI oh, so okay sorry. Byron you're up so still so we're sorry, still in the 2017 Dice Tower Awards but I feel really bad <laughs> <laughs> which one of these games won best artwork one Charterstone two Near and Far three Yamatai oh I want to say near and far, but I'm also thinking Charterstone because people like Stonemaier. Uh, near and far. Yes! Yeah. Good job, yeah. Byron. Yeah. Good that job. <laughs> okay, so Ipo, you're up. I feel like a failure. I don't know why you that. I knew that this was near so, and far. So far, Ipo won, Byron won, Elias zero. Ipo ready? Of course. Okay, which one of these games is currently not in the top 100 on BGG? <gasps> okay, since you study that list like the Bible. <laughs> okay, well, don't, don't give me 101, please. <laughs> no, I didn't. So, one, Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Two, Captain Sonar. Three, Grand Austria Hotel. Which one is not in the... Yeah, in the top 100. That's that rough. <laughs> uh, I guess Mad King Ludwig is in top 100, inside the top 100. What are the other two? Two Captain Sonar, three Grand Austria Hotel. Never heard of Grand Austria Hotel. What's that? <laughs> Grand Austria Hotel. <laughs> Elliot. No, sorry. <laughs> Actually, it's a game you own, Captain Sonar. It's ranked 110. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought maybe you What's know Grand you Austria owned Hotel? it. Why? Grand Austria Hotel is a well liked game. Yeah, it's ranked 86. Castles of Mad King Ludwig ranked 92. 
All right. Okay. Oh. So, Elias, you're wrong. Sorry, I've already lost. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that any which, of these. Answers. Which of these games is the most popular on board game arena? Oh, and yeah. has more than 800 games in progress at any point in time. <laughs> so at any point in time, you open board oh, game that's arena. That's oh, okay. You, you, it has more than 800 games in progress. <laughs> okay. So one, Stone Age. Oh. Two, Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah. Three, Seven Wonders. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Puerto Rico, Stone Age, Seven Wonders. I don't know. When I played Puerto Rico on mm -hmm. beach, I hated it because... Every time someone did anything, you'd have to come play. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there would be a lot of... I think people would play that more like in real time as mm -hmm. opposed to turn-based. Stone Age. That's yes! Yeah! yeah! <laughs> Board Peter, I'm doing this for you, baby! Stone <laughs> Age. But by the way, they fixed the issue with the Puerto Rico. So now if... It's obvious what you can do. It does it by itself. Yeah. That's, That's why yeah. I didn't give Ipo this question. <laughs> yeah, it's completely different now. He lived on Board Gamer. You know? Yeah. All right. Okay, Byron. Okay. Okay, so uh, Stone Age has over 800 plays at any time. Puerto Rico over 600. And Seven Wonders over 400. Just FYI. Really? Yeah. Puerto Rico so many. Yeah. So uh, maybe because they improved it. Yes. <laughs> so Byron, which one mm -hmm. of these free online board gaming sites offers the most games to play okay so one brettspielwelt i.e board game world two boite jeu i.e games box three yukata obviously i didn't put board game arena number four amazon <laughs> <laughs> no offers the, like you know online board gaming so like board game arena you have these three websites. Games to play on the browser. Oh, okay. You should see Byron's face, guys. Do you want me to repeat them? <laughs> no, I'm going to say Yukata. Yes! Good job! Yeah, yeah. So actually, Board Game Arena has over, like, has about 159. Yukata, 146. Oh, wow. So they really wow. stepped up. I yeah. these two questions of yours. And then mm -hmm. Boite Jeu has about 61, and Brettspiel Welt has 57. All Just right. FYI for people out there that Yukata didn't have this many games, but recently stepped up their game. So I just thought it'd be nice to mention. And I just checked the board game geek, and now Captain Soren is uh, number 99. <laughs> <laughs> no way. No, no, no. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Okay. It so, so nice. far, Byron, two. Ifo, one. Elias won. This so is... far, Byron's in the lead. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, let's start with Ipo. Again? Okay. <laughs> Ipo, a board, a board Game Geek member, designed an algorithm to find the top 25 <laughs> designers of 2017. <laughs> okay. Okay. He gave points based on the ranking of these designers games on bgg okay so okay. for example number one gets 300 points number two gets 299 etc okay yes. first place in 2017 was uve rosenberg okay just to give you an idea okay so which of these designers ranked second after uve rosenberg for top designer in 2017 ranked second yeah 
Not ranked first. <laughs> no, she I just, just told, told you who ranked first. <laughs> for, ah, for 2017. Yeah. Okay, not for the next year. Yeah. So in 2017, year. Uwe Rosenberg ranked first. Okay. You need to tell me who ranked second. Okay. 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 So Vlada Shvatel, Corey Konitska, Steffenfeld. What? You, you know uh, that. I was ready I to say need... Martin Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> Thank no, God. that's later in the episode. <laughs> Thank God it's not in the in this uh, multiple choices. Okay, uh, Corey Konitska. Uh, uh, please tell me again the the choices. Vlada Shvatel. Okay. Corey Konitska, Steffenfeld. Uh, I will go with Vlada. In Vlada with trust. No, sorry. <laughs> so the second one is Corey Konitska. Uh, and oh, if I was eliminated. He called, he called it that Corey Konitska is, is hitting it high because of all his Star Wars games oh. and that he would make it to first pretty soon. Yeah, he's the fantasy flight guy. Yeah, right? yeah and in 2017, 2018, he, he's number one. I don't like this because, algorithm. Because of, <laughs> because of Star Wars Rebellion and yeah. Imagine Story, the madness like, too, I mean. Vladek like, has so many games in the top 100. I mean, there's no way. No, he's there. been dropping. Stuff has been dropping off. Like Galaxy Trucker has dropped out of the 100. Space Alert has uh, dropped out of the mm -hmm. 100. But he's, okay. she's talking about 2017, right? I, yeah. I have no fucking clue, bro, but you can't <laughs> argue at this point. Okay, Elias, you're up. <laughs> I can. So this could be over right now. I don't think that's right. I think, uh, well, either way, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll give Byron the Well, chance. Board Game Banquet, thank you so much. You probably had the best picture of anyone who entered this. And Ipo... And the worst representative. Ipo, yes. Ipo fought valiantly for you. And uh, you'll still be getting a little bit something. I'll be in touch to get your address. You you haven't lost yet. I'm talking about Ipo's guy. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I feel good about what you just said. Okay, so Elias, which one of these Martin Wallace games <gasps> was published before 2010? <laughs> Number one, London, first edition. Number two, Waterloo. Number three, Discworld, Ankh Morpok. Pork, Morpok. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. <laughs> You're looking at their first published date, right? Because London got a recent edition last year. No, no, no. Their first published date. Yeah. Uh, just based on cover art, I'm going to eliminate <laughs> Ankh Morpok because it's the prettiest. So the question is, did they wait more than 10 years to reprint London? Or what was the other one? Waterloo. Waterloo. Oh, my God. There's too much pressure. <laughs> Thank God I didn't have this question. <laughs> I would just... I have Random, no, randomly. Yeah, um, <laughs> I have no idea what she's talking about. The answer is <laughs> London. No, no, Waterloo. So, Byron, you already won. But do you want to do, do, do the last <laughs> question <laughs> anyway? Yeah, give me the question. Okay, so which of these games was not designed by Eric Lang? A Game of Thrones, the board game. Lord of the Rings, the confrontation. Call of Cthulhu, the card game. Uh, game of Thrones. That was a bullshit question. Obviously, it's Game of Thrones. <laughs> Anyways, he game won. Thrones, yeah. I know, yeah, but I, that shouldn't have been. That was not the same equivalent. Everyone knows Christian Peterson designed Game of Thrones. <laughs> we all own this game. 
Okay, so since Byron won fair and square, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, the winner of Ruth and its expansion is Byron. Do you want to share? Board Game Guru seventy seven. Congratulations, Board Game Guru seventy seven. You were one of our last entrants, actually. I will get in touch with you, and I will be sending you a copy of Root and the Riverside. Uh, Riverside. 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 Riverfolk. 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 Thank you. And the Riverfolk. I've only said it so many times, I forgot what it's called. <laughs> and the Riverfolk expansion for Board Painter and Board Game Banquet. Thank you so much, and thank you everyone else. But only Board Game Painter and Board Game Banquet are also getting T-shirts, and I will be picking up a print and play game for you. Uh, that we have to buy and you guys can take care of it and put it together and once they you, reach Dima. your side. Thank you, Dima, for putting together this wonderful board game trivia. That was board game trivia. That completely stumped me. <laughs> and that, well that done to Byron for getting questions. three out of three questions. Boom, yeah, Byron. The only one I knew the answer was Game of Thrones. Which <laughs> 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 is the only one you didn't need. Wait, so was it Waterloo? Uh, the Martin Wallace thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> so close. London was actually 2010, exactly. You are such a jerk. <laughs> I feel like Board Painter would rightfully have the right to send you some hate mail. She you can me, reach her she at Dima me number at Tabletop Sessions. <laughs> to figure out that it's not in top 100. Oh, uh, yeah, man. I know. What can you say about that? Life is unfair, man. Life is unfair. But sometimes it's unfair in a positive way. So Board Game Guru 77, you're getting a cup of your root and the Riverside expansion. Thank you guys so much for participating. And, um, yeah. Moving on to... Guys, do you guys hear anything? Yes. Oh, nice. I, all I hear is anger drums <laughs> beating in my ear because i feel the ice so, cream van i feel so much like i let down my guy <laughs> you all did great good job mm. a for effort byron you were amazing today oh well Does done anyone hear anything though oh, still hearing great. the same yeah. more more greek is it greek is it greek yeah. irish oh oh yeah oh it's the hippocratic <laughs> corner <laughs> 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 Welcome to the best part of this podcast, <laughs> which is always the tragic corner, and the only reason that you are here and uh, listening to us. Uh, so for this episode, I asked my uh, favorite people here to tell me their top three favorite designers. And uh, I would like to start with Byron, and okay. let me know his three, top three favorite designers. So my list got spoiled, just like Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> so all all the others had a copy of my list way before it was supposed to be given out. Uh, when I catch that person, they're going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start with number three. His name's a bit hard for me to pronounce, so if I get it wrong, I'm sorry. It's Vlada Chvadl. Oh, yeah. Yay. He's designed Through the Ages, Galaxy Trucker, Codenames, Space Alert. So quite a lot of great games. Nice. What, what sold them for me was Through the Ages, obviously. My number two is Reiner Kinesia. Nice. This mm. guy has designed hundreds of games. Medici, Tigris and Euphrates, Lost City, High Society. There's so many games that this guy's designed. Just for sheer volume, uh, he deserves to be on the list. <laughs> uh, and my number one is Stefan Feld. 
Yes. Oh. I mean, the it goes without reason... saying. Yeah. I love La Isla. Are you serious? <laughs> That's the game that puts him on. He does right? love La Isla. He's so funny. <laughs> so the, yeah, the, the top designer. <laughs> because you of leave La out Isla. castles of Burgundy, Trage, Aquasphere, yeah, Aquasphere. No, no. The one I love is La Isla. <laughs> Amerigo. <laughs> Oh man, okay, that, that was a great list. That's a yeah, that's a very good super list. Euro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, guys, thank you very much, Byron. Uh, let's uh, move on with uh, Dima. Okay, first I just want to mention I'm surprised Byron didn't put Christian Peterson as in his top three. So my number three <laughs> is Jamie Stegmeier because of Scythe, yes, Viticulture, yes. Euphoria. Love all those games. Basically, the only one I haven't played yet is um, Charterstone. Um, it's a campaign game, so you're yeah. gonna have to get yourself some time. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah. it's just yeah, not and, not. And you're not gonna get some time with Elias, who's playing Gloomhaven. Yeah, I'm a bit busy right now. <laughs> yeah. He literally for the next ten years. <laughs> <laughs> he literally agreed to Gloomhaven because it's our neighbors. So, yeah. um, okay, my number two is Christian Peterson. Yeah. So, because of Twilight Imperium, Game of Thrones, World of Warcraft, like, I love those games. Um, and my number one is not the designer of Sherlock. <laughs> oh. ah, good top three the choice this time, Ipo. <laughs> Stefan Feld, he finally oh. made it to my number one. Yeah. So... Yeah, because of all the games, like in the Year of the Dragon, Castles of Burgundy, Amerigo, La Isla. Basically, I haven't played a game of his that I haven't enjoyed mm. and that I'm not interested in playing every week. So I really like his games. The only reason um, uh, Reiner Kinesia didn't make my top three is because I like his games, but I feel like they're a bit cutthroat, like Tigris and Euphrates, so players really interact mm a bit more than regular euros and it hurts my feelings sometimes <laughs> so <laughs> stefan feld isn't isn't as true yeah as painful oh stefan feld is uh very popular among us it looks like i didn't know that because he looks a bit like you <laughs> <laughs> he does that, that's kind of true he looks a lot like you actually okay i'll, I'll go third okay because i'm very uh curious what uh Elias's picks but uh, I want to clarify. There's Stefan Fell. Uh, <laughs> oh man, it's just Ipo without the glasses. He's a very handsome boy. <laughs> I think that should be the picture of our next episode. <laughs> so I wanted to say that uh, while trying to figure out what are my top three favorite designers, I was thinking that they should have at least two of my favorite games. Mm. Okay, they should have designed at least through. Vlada, to be honest, he's my uh, top three. He's my number three. He has designed only through the ages uh, as my favorite game. But he also designed games that I like too much, like Space Alert, Mage Knight, Pictomania, and Codenames. So he didn't fit your criteria. Yes. (laughs) Yes, he I didn't. think when all the other ones add up, <laughs> add they up become, to one. Yeah. Yes, so yeah, exactly. So all these four games, if you add up, yes, okay. makes more than one. I guess. My number two are the guys from Splotter, uh, Joris Viersinga and uh, Jaron Dumen. Nice choice. That uh, have designed Antiquity and Food Chain Magnate. Yay. 
two amazing games. They have designed also three games that I would like to play, but I have not yet. Indonesia, Great Zimbabwe, and Roads and Boats. They're all on my wish list. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine too. And my top designer, uh, as of now, is Martin Wallace. Oh, no. 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 What no. is shocker. No. Shocker. Uh, and the reason is he has designed Age of Steam, Brass, a few acres of snow, which was... I, actually, it amazed me because at some point I, I I was considering him a great designer, but he was like in one category, like uh, uh, trains and financial economic games, yeah. uh, things like that. But then a few acres of snow came, and then we played the study in Emerald, which was completely different, and then automobile, which is now my favorite. Uh, wow. And all of this makes him a, an amazing designer, even if he has uh, designed many bad games too <laughs> like my worst game uh, a secret of the toms oh is that him yes did you know that he designed london in 2010 <laughs> and waterloo before 2010 <laughs> i know now i know that now <laughs> okay so uh, with uh, this criteria i think these are my top three designers great um and go to elliot mine is <laughs> yes. similar to yours before I start, I'd like to shout out Francis Tresham. I think he's probably the most influential designer to create like the games that I love. He designed Civilization and Advanced Civilization, and he cre- was the first to create the 18xx genre by making yeah. 1829, 1830. Which we all love. I just think just because those particular games aren't very high, they're not in my top 10, because of that, he's not there. But without him, like, you know, I wouldn't have the games that I love. So I had the same category as Ipo. So for example, my favorite game is um, Virgin Queen, but you won't find Ed Beach on here because, you know. It's one game. Yeah, Here I Stand is not in my top 10, you know. Mm So so in third place, I have Martin Wallace. (laughs) But he's third, not first. Designer (laughs) of Age of Steam, Fugues of Snow, Study in Emerald, Automobile, Brass, Honor to Venus, and so on and so on. I just find him to be very engaging. I like how quick a few acres of snow is. Mm-hmm. I like how quick a study in Emerald is, but I like how each of them is different and has a twist. I love the depth of Age of Steam. You know, I love all the games that have spun off because of Age of Steam. And, you know, you've got to give credit to Martin Wallace for all of that. Automobile was a recent revelation, even though it's an older game, and I absolutely adored it. So Martin Wallace, hats off, great designer. He almost lost that third place to Nuno Bizarro Sintiero and Paulo Soledad, mm. who are the designers of Panamax, Nippon, and Madeira. Yeah. And the reason is because Panamax, for me, is such a good game. Yeah. So what I ended up doing is looking, okay, I have Panamax rated than, higher than any other Martin Wallace game, mm-hmm. but none of his other games for me are rated that high. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't, I, I couldn't I fairly totally put him over Martin yeah. Wallace. Oh, so, yeah. My number two, which I think is the surprise of the list for Ipo, is Phil Eklund, the creator of Sierra Madre games, the creator of the Pack series, not at all, and <laughs> one of my favorite designers. Not a surprise, or not a surprise. Oh, okay, all right. Um, <laughs> um, I just need to play more of the of, of his games. Yeah, mm-hmm. Phil Eklund created my favorite game system of any game system, the Pack system. So Pax Porfiriana, Pax Premier, Pax Renaissance, Pax Emancipation, and so on. 
Um, I absolutely love it. Pax Porfiana is currently my favorite premiere right behind it. Um, it's just a fantastic game, which has got so much depth. And like when I try to teach this game, if somebody says, oh, oh, I get it. Just keep going to the next thing. We'll figure it out. No, you won't. Because this game is not like any other game you've ever played. Okay. That's what it comes down to for me. The only game that has ever sort of helped me teach this game is through the ages because of how the yellow pieces are different depending on where you place them. They mm -hmm. can be a building or a person or whatever. That's the only thing that I can find that relates to the PAX series. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I have to teach you this game and you have to open your mind. You know, he also has Greenland and Neanderthal, which I have. I really want to try High Frontier and so on. I really want to try the BIOS series, specifically Megafauna. So speaking of Through the Ages, leading to my number one choice, to nobody's surprise, my favorite designer is Vladach Vatel. He's incredible. When I put my top 20 on BGG, I just had, I had a Vlad account because wow. that's how many of his games showed up on the list. <laughs> the highest of which is Through the Ages. Yeah. Very closely followed by Mage Knight. Yeah. There's Galaxy Trucker on there. Mm -hmm. There's Tash Kalar on there. Mm -hmm. Outside my top 20, you have Space Alert that I love. And code names that I tolerate. So, <laughs> almost every single game. But I just want to reiterate that to you. Through the ages, Galaxy Trucker, code names, Bunny Bunny Moose Moose, all done by the same designer. Yeah. And that's, that's why Glada is the best designer of all time. Because when I put his game on my table, it is something I've never. I cannot put him in a box. Yeah, I, I cannot say Vlada makes train games. I cannot say Vlada does this, makes Euros. Vlada does whatever the hell Vlada wants to do. <laughs> and that's why <laughs> I have a shrine in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and no. that is the conclusion of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All worship mighty Vlada. Uh, I'm really happy we, we <laughs> made this top three. I think I know something more about you now. Uh, I also wanted to to say that uh, I have a number four that I wanted to mention. So I will give you the opportunity to mention your number four if you have one. I already did. Which one? The Panamax guys. Oh, yes. Yeah. You're right. Okay. So my number four is Cole Verley. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, just because of Pax Mamir and John Company. And Root. Yeah. Amazing games. Yeah. And I have not played Root. Maybe if I play Root, he will be in my top three. Mm -hmm. uh, Byron Dima Antoine Boza is my number four because I love Takinoko I really like Tokaido Hanabi Seven Wonders um, he also did Seven Wonders Duel I didn't know that this guy made all this really? yeah <laughs> yeah. so um, he didn't make make it to my top three but he was my number four the same guy made Tokaido and Takinoko yeah mm -hmm. Suffers from lack of creativity. I like Takinoko like and uh, Seven Wonders, of course, is amazing. And I yeah. hate Tokaido, so I don't know. Hanabi's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. We enjoy Hanabi. Hanabi's pretty good. Yeah. If we don't cheat, right? That's the problem. <laughs> just, like, like, every time you play, somebody wants to cheat, and that's yeah, the issue. And right? I just you. couldn't compete no. with <laughs> cybernetic oh, culture. No, no, I'm kidding. You hurt my feelings. It's always, it's always Dima. You hurt my feelings. Byron? Any number I four? I only like three designers and only three designers <laughs> games. <laughs> Love it. You know, Stefan Feld came to my mind, but like all his games fall between like a six out of 10 and eight out of 10. So he doesn't have, he, Trajan is my favorite and that's for me an eight out of 10. So like while all his games are literally like anytime, let's get it on the table. None of his games are like, oh my God, I gotta get this on the table. Mm -hmm. Except for Isla. 
And the other thing is that Stefan Feld's game, I mean, if we play something, I know it's Stefan Feld. If we play one of his games, yeah, I mean, you feel it. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely put Stefan Feld in a box, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way about Rainer Kinesia. True. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Thank you very much, guys. This was uh, our top three of favorite designers. Please let us know what your top three is on our Twitter account at uh, TT Sessions QA or over at our BGG Guild. Both these links will be in the episode description. Thank you so much, Ipo, for that wonderful Epicardic Corner. And that brings us to the end of this tabletop session. Thank you so much for listening. Congratulations once again to Board Game Guru 77. We'll be messaging you to get your address and details mm. and shipping out Root and the Riverfolk expansion to you. And my apologies to Board Game Banquet. <laughs> to the people whose names we drew but didn't win, Board Game Banquet and Board Painter, you'll be getting a Tabletop Sessions t-shirt and a print and play game. So we'll be in touch for all your church shirt sizes and your addresses. Please check out our very active Instagram account at Tabletop Sessions. You can reach us through Twitter at TT Sessions QA or join the conversation over at our Board Game Geek Guild. And you can find the link to all of these in our episode description. Please rate us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, or rate us through your Android podcast app of choice, whatever it is, or Stitcher, or whatever it is you use. There's a rating system. We want your stars, baby. We'll be back in three (laughs) weeks. And until then, to quote one of my favorite writers, God damn it, you've got to be kind. Say bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye-bye, guys. Bye, guys. You should said bye bye bye, 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 bye guys. Bye. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. Yeah. It's, it's basic math. Oh, it, it, like, it feels like an insane song. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> tabletop, 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 top. Tabletop, top. Tabletop, 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 top. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. And check out our sister podcast, www.storysmithspodcast.com. Love you. See you next time. Table, table, top. Table, table, top. Table, table, top. Session.